0: Are you hungry for more, you know what life has to offer, you sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody? Well, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, here and now, just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon Appetit! Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I am your host, Allie. This is where we talk about lifestyle design, the growth mindset, and it is inspired by wellness. I just wanted to thank you all for being on this journey with me as I started this podcast, managing a building for a co-working space in Brooklyn, then got a job for a hot minute in Manhattan at a podcast hosting platform, and now officially licensed to be your next real estate agent in both Monmouth and Ocean County, New Jersey, right by the beach. I was recently asked a question that I found got me thinking, and it was such a simple question. What motivates you? It's not necessarily your why, as we discuss in some of these episodes, but more so your what. What motivates me is pleasure. I need to feel good when it comes to my career goals, how I want to get there, who I surround myself with, what foods I eat, etc. Feeling good, aka pleasure, is no doubt my driving force. So I want to know what motivates you. Is it money? Feeling accomplished? Being recognized for your hard work? Being able to pay the bills? a strict routine, a flexible lifestyle. There are obviously many different motivators in our lives, but maybe you can pinpoint it to one thing and start seeing how that can get you further along in the things that you do. Think about it and let me know what you believe yours is to be. This week's episode is with Jen and Amy from Successful Single Females And we discuss the top blockages for women they often see from working with their clients when it comes to finding love, even through COVID. We talk about a few tactics we can take on while we're in the dating scene, down to our outfit to make us feel a certain way going into a first date. Something so important that we touch on is how to quiet the anxiety of our biological clocks, which they actually have an entire episode about on their own show. So I highly recommend tuning into that when you're done with this one. And we also talk about that doing the inner work through the ebbs and flows of time and our dating cycles will set us up for success. We had so much fun recording this episode, so I left some moments in there for you to feel like you were there with us. And I hope you enjoy. Ladies, Amy and Jen, You two are, quote, dating coaches who show amazing women how to embrace and show their authenticity inside and out to attract the right guy, unquote. And somehow we connected on Instagram, which is the beauty of social media, because now I am so psyched to pick your brains about finding Mr. Right.
1: I love that. That's why we're here. I know. Let's get into it. Yeah, I know. I love the Insta friends. We're like instantly. I don't even know like what our point of origin is, but
2: like we're thrilled to to be chatting with you now.
0: Isn't that great? You don't even know where it began, but it did. And here we are. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being
1: here. Of course. Thank you for having us.
0: So, what initially got the both of you
1: into this kind of work? Why dating? Ooh, Amy, you take yes, this you one. It? I love it. Oh, like <laughs> So you're going to get a lot of us talking at the same exact time. I'm like, do you want to go? Do you want me to go? I don't know if you've ever done this with like two other people that you're interviewing at the same time. I'm trying
2: to make eye contact with her to see if she's uh, going go to go.
1: Where, the- well, where am I though? In the square. <laughs> can, like, like, you're up there. Um, Right. We're all in different places. You're bottom right. Okay. So when you look bottom right, you're looking at me? Yes, got it. Like- if I look up and to the right, I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, how do we get into this? So... In my prior life, I was um, a teacher, but I went back to school for counseling. And I left, I actually met Jen in the school. We were both English teachers together. And um, I left that and started, I'm a teacher and a therapist. So you put those two together and you get a coach. And it was really a matter of what I wanted to coach. And basically, this kind of just, felt the most authentic way for us to be coaching, because I was talking to Jen, I was like, let's do something together. And without us really even thinking about it, our stories are that when you ask us like what we did right, or what was a time in your life where we like manifested something or like made something come like really come to fruition, we both talk about our husbands. And we, you know, I went through certain steps to be able to be ready um, inside and out for for my husband to, to find me. And for, you know, if I met him a few years earlier, we would not have been a match. And, um, when Jen and I were working together before Jen had gone through a divorce and I was talking to her, kind of telling her the same stuff that I had done while she started dating again. And now she has an amazing husband. And as you know, a baby shortly to be coming to the bebe. um, So we were thinking about how we were going to work together. And then I just kind of threw it out there, like almost nervous, but also it all felt really, really right. And we're like, can we take what we did and make it like really lock it down to be able to concretely share it with other women so we can help them? And we did, and we are helping them. And it's, am- it's so cool when like our clients are like meeting men and like actually getting into like. Real relationships and dating with ease—it's such a rewarding feel to be in. And yeah, that's how we did it. Anything you want to add, Jen? I don't know. Um, that was—you said everything that I hoped
2: and knew you would. Um, but I think the the one other thing is, Amy was coming at this, "Hey, let's work together" from a place of like knowing kind of the mental health background and and doing a lot of like therapy and coaching. And she was like, I want to somehow incorporate your work with like fashion and style, because that's always been an interest for me is, you know, helping women kind of evoke their like amazing potential or how awesome or how smart or how funny they are through their wardrobe. So we were trying to like brainstorm, like, how can we dovetail these like things that we think we well one, we know we love to do, but also we think we're really good at, like in what facets of one's life do those two things come together and both have value. And, and it was just sort of this like brain explosion when we realized that we have all these pieces to create a program that, that helps women through the dating process.
0: That's amazing. I love that. So do you incorporate like what to wear? And that kind of stuff on your first dates?
2: So it's not so prescriptive of like you need to wear these black pants and this top, but we we talk to women about like when you wear certain things, what makes you feel amazing and how can we take that feeling you have and and evoke that in other things that you wear or what aspects of your body or of your physical appearance do you love? And we teach them how to showcase that even more, um, or possibly like what things do you not love about your body? And, and I teach them how to like, kind of let those things take a back seat so that the things they love get more attention. So it's a lot of like visual tricks.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like it's like a double whammy because not only are you accentuating the things you like and kind of like, you know, dulling the things that you don't, but you're also thinking about what those are. Yeah. And even just thinking about it is like, oh, I love this part about myself. And that's a confidence booster.
2: That's exactly the point is like, if we can kind of meld you realizing how great you are and what you love about yourself and then allowing you to show that through what you're wearing through how you communicate, whether it's on like dating apps or on the date, then, then you're bringing your like highest and best self to the dating process. And it makes it so much more enjoyable and like successful really because you're being you and you're loving the experience
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of where we miss stuff because in our program, it's the first half of it is this inner work, which is inner, including your, it's inner and outer, but it's before you actually go out that I guess that's a thing. Like we talk about like pushing you out of the nest, but that's really halfway in. And most people, women, they, they date for a while, something goes wrong, they shut it all down. And then when they're feeling better, they just open it up again. But like there, there's all this space where work could be done to make sure that you don't end up, you know, settling for somebody because you want to get the dating process over or ends up with the same guy that you keep ending up with. He just has a different name. You know, like, you're like, why am I dating this guy again? Right. <laughs> so that inner work where you really embrace how awesome you are and, and really understand what you're looking for is so essential before going out there. Um, and, and, That inner work also is about dating with ease where you're not dating just to get get it over with, right? That's another thing that we do. It's so important. And I think when we're on our own doing it, we have like the clock in our backgrounds thinking like, okay, I got to get back out there because we're like, I got to find someone by this date so I can get married by this date so I can have kids by this date, right? We have that happening. And if you do it too fast and you don't do it right, then you can end up in a relationship with just with the wrong person.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: I think my first relationship is a testament
2: to that because I, and and this is sort of a, another piece that that is important to what we do, although it's not like our credentials, um, but I was married pretty early on in my 20s and look back on that relationship now and say like, oh my God, I was one of those women who kind of married the, the first guy that, that paid attention to her or like that treated her nice. And that relationship was not destined for success. Like just, we were not providing each other what each other needed. It ended with, with, you know, me feeling very deceived and betrayed. And like, I had to go through the process of like healing myself, before I could ever get back out there and date again. Otherwise I probably would have landed myself in, in a really negative situation again, where, you know, I wasn't providing myself what I needed. Um, and that's kind of what Amy was saying that our background, I was going through that process when I met her. And so my personal experience of kind of doing the work that we coach prior to us ever building this business allows me to speak on behalf of like, this is what can happen if we don't do the inner work. And this is what can happen when we do. I am both the before and the after.
0: (laughs) That's so awesome because I feel like we can all relate to the before and we're looking forward to that after. But in the meantime, do you have any suggestions on tactical tools or the kind of work that can be done and actions that can be taken? Yeah, so
1: the, absolutely there are things that, that you can do. And I was going to say with Jen, like, Jen actually has that marriage that, like, she can she can go to to be like, this, this was not the way to do it. And now her marriage now where she's like, this was a much better way to go about it. But all of us have those things. They just didn't end in marriage. Like, we all have a track record of failed relationships, right? Or else we... We just all, I mean, there are people who marry their first love, so there's them, but everybody else has had failed relationships, right? So we actually have like a mini program. It's like someone wants to just get some guidance so they're not doing it on their own. That is all about that inner work. So even if you're not ready to go back out there, but you're kind of thinking like, let myself, let me do some healing and really kind of get in tune with what I've been through in order to move forward. Um that is like a little taste right but basically what you can do on your own is that metaphorically what we have them do is you know when you go in the ocean and there are waves coming at you if you're facing the waves you can jump over them you can go under them you can surf them or whatever but when you turn your back on the ocean that's when you get like knocked down and pulled under and you're like god did it get like worse out there but it's really just that you're not watching <laughs> so the inner work is really the process of of acknowledging the waves so what what were the relationships that you went through prior why did you make those decisions you know what was going on for you that you stuck with someone longer than you should have or we talk a lot about and we like review tv shows and like movies because we also get messages from those so like what movies did you watch when you were younger where like the you know bad boy who has no potential of ever having a career who's not really that nice is like the hot guy. And then you're going for those guys later on. You're like, why do I keep picking those guys? Right. It's like, well, what, what are the things that you watched and you knew? And when you bring those things to the surface, it's like looking at the waves. So now it's not that the things don't come up again, but it's that when they come up, you see them for what they're worth and you consciously made a decision to not follow that, to not go down that path again. Mm.
2: So much of what we, start with, I guess, in our coaching and and through our reviews is sort of, as Amy said, like recognizing all of these things that have been presented to you in your life through the the people, you know, your family, your friends, the the TV uh, and movies that you watch and realizing what they aimed to communicate with you and like break that down and be like, okay, how have I internalized that? And is that what I want? So like getting intentional about how does this actually jive with what I want for my future?
1: Mm. Right. So a little, like a little background for me, so I can talk about like kind of giving you an example. So it's not like, what's all this hoity toity floaty (laughs) things that you're talking about? You know, um, when I was younger, one of my, my first major relationship, he cheated on me with my best friend. Okay. And when I asked him why he did that, he said, I, and he, why he didn't just break up with me. Like, I was like, why didn't you just break up with me and then go hook up with her? Like, you know, I was at high school. So everyone was like, you know, the incestuous incestual like way that high school is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why didn't you just break up with me? And he's like, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. So when our brain has pain, it ha- it feels pain. It goes into hyperdrive of like, how do I make sure I never feel like this again? What do I do? And what it does is it spreads a much bigger blanket over how to protect you than sometimes is necessary. So in my brain, it was okay, being vulnerable in a relationship is bad because he's going to stick around longer than he should. He's going to lie to me and tell me that he's still in love with me, even if he's not. Right. So I was like, I need to make sure to make sure to make sure nobody lies to me ever again. I have to never be, inve- never really. Jumping completely and be completely vulnerable in a relationship. Now, I didn't consciously sit down and make that decision, but every relationship after that, until I sat down and figured out what the heck was going on, every guy I was dating, I was closed off to. I wasn't giving my whole self to. I was letting them know that if they walked out the door the next day, I'd be just fine. I was misindependent. I mean, it can't, you know, I had a really good story to tell, but I had to come to the conclusion that I could be that way. Or I could maybe fall in love because you can't love if you're not vulnerable, right? You can't receive love from somebody else if you have a wall up, if you're not vulnerable. So I had to make a decision at that point. Do I want to keep that pattern and not get hurt, but also not find love? Or did I want to try out being vulnerable with people and be okay? Knowing my eyes are now open, I'm facing the waves, right? That it's okay that I might not, it might not work out, but I'm doing this consciously because at the end of it, I want the chance of love. Right. So that's the, that's some of the work that we do. And everyone has a different story. So not everybody, Jen's story is different than my story of what pattern she was in, but it's, it's getting specific about why you are the way that you are when it comes to relationships and then deciding what pieces of that you want to keep and what pieces of that isn't are not serving you. So you want to get rid of them. And then do, you know, it's sometimes as quick as making a decision to just not do it anymore. Right. You know, holding yourself accountable. If it's you starting to feel something like, if I'm like, oh, like when I was dating my now husband, there were times when like I felt a certain way and I didn't like it. He did something and I was like, Ooh. And my first instinct was like, pretend you don't care. But I had to slow myself down and be like, Nope, I have to tell him. That I feel this way because that's vulnerable. And if he's not going to be okay with it, then guess what? He'll leave me. And then he wasn't the right person for me. So bye. Right? So I had to catch myself. So that's some of the work that we do with our clients. Cause I mean, it's very it's tipi- it's difficult to do it on your own. It's helpful when you help someone peel through what their patterns are. Then we're having conversations with you when we we can see it coming up, or they can say it's come because they're being held accountable so it's just a lot faster when you're being when you're coached through it because you just have more eyes on it and you have the the investment already that this is what you're going to focus on right now
2: yeah and it can be really rocky terrain out there like when you're dating like you've got ghosting and the dating apps and the, you know, the shiny ball syndrome on, on dating profiles and, and are on dating online because it's like, well, who's the next person? Well, who's the next person? And that's all like before you're even on the date, you know, and then you have all of those emotions. So what we can provide is kind of that unbiased perspective, you know, we are not on the date and we are not your best friend. Um, and we, you know, are not necessarily the one sitting next to you while you're swiping, having a glass of wine. So we're able to give you this perspective that there are no strings attached to, to what we're saying. We're not, you know, trying to maintain our best friend status with you. There's no self-preservation on our end. It's just, here's how to look at it. And here's what you've been telling us you want. You know, think about that.
0: Yes. You guys have brought up so many questions for me right now, but you also hit on so many things as well. But my first question to all this is, do you find that it's difficult for people to pinpoint exactly what, or maybe that's where you come in, but to pinpoint because it could be movies, it could be our family, it could be our parents, it can be other relationships like how do we really find what's holding us back from a specific moment
1: or thought it's it's looking for it's not we get this this sense that like oh my god maybe it's something real deep down in my subconscious that like I'm never going to get to like there's that fear it's not that <laughs> i mean you can dig deeper and deeper so like you'll do the work before this is the beauty of the work cuz you'll do the work before and then you go out on a date and something comes up and you're like oh what is that cuz remember you're facing the waves now, so now you're more of a detective than like, that's painful, I'm not gonna look over there. So we start with the like, on the surface stories that you know are there, and we ask some questions that get you to dig a little bit deeper. So we ask some pointed questions that you might be like, oh, I never thought about that before, I guess this. But we tend to give you like a skeletal understanding of when you're really young, so like a child, to, like, teenage years, to either emerging adulthood, depending on how old you are, and then adulthood, or emerging adulthood if you're in that realm, and we give you pointers of what to look for, and usually it's stories that have found their way to your the surface over and over again, you know, like, so somebody in the third grade told you that your eyes looked weird, or your eyes were too close together, and, like, that just kind of keeps coming up, like... Oh my eye. And now you're like self, you don't ever talk about it. You don't really say it out loud, but somewhere in there, you're just like, I always think about my eyes being too close to you. I don't even know where I got that as an example, <laughs> but you, know I mean? um, you both have beautiful eyes. <laughs> I was like, what's the most obscure thing? But like, that's what happens. Right. And meanwhile, that person had their own crap going on. So we get you to reframe what the stuff is so that you can have a more helpful story. Cause the, the, the truth is that our eyes are fine. It's just that somebody was, like in a bad mood or wanted to say something nasty or they were jealous of us or they were had their own stuff going on. So we, we kind of give them back that stuff. Um, But to go to your point, like there's, there's always deeper that you can dig, but it's really the surface things. Once you get through like the, the ones that you know of, then you can move on and get some more work done. And then as stuff comes up, you're like, Oh, this was helpful. So I'm going to look at more stuff and keep moving forward.
2: He, yeah, to kind of piggyback on what Amy's saying, I think what we've noticed happens for our clients is they do that that shallow digging and kind of realizing like, "Oh, I've been holding on to this story for so long." And then they once they notice it, they start to see how it's impacted so many previous things in their life or how it impacts them on a daily basis or weekly basis. You know that that someone might send them a message when dating online. And like someone says something that seems innocuous, but it, it triggers them because they realize it's connected to that, to that message that they believed as of seven years old, when someone said their eyes are too close together.
1: Right. And the benefit is that if we, you know, there are different tiers to like working, we can just take our stuff and, and like we're saying now and like run with it. But the benefits of when you work with us, is that we know these stories now? So sometimes our clients come and they're like, "This guy just said this shit to me," and I'm like pissed off and like I- I'm done with him. And then we can say, "Hey, is this bringing this up for you? You know, mm-hmm. is this really something that you want to walk away from, or is, are you being triggered because of this other stuff?" And like you have somebody who knows your stuff, you know, or at least is going to ask you if it is attached to any stuff, right? So when we're swiping alone in the dark and we're just like, oh, screw you. And like, whatever. And we close doors. We don't necessarily grow in that process. There's always stuff, you know, to look at and to figure out. And sometimes the answer is like, no, he's absolutely, I'm done. Right. And that's fine. But when we do that mindlessly, we, we don't grow from it.
0: Right. No, I I'm so fascinated by all of that. And especially because when you guys were saying you look into movies and TV shows and stuff like that, because um, I recently watched the single wives on Netflix. Have you heard of it? No, but I'm writing it. I've heard of it,
2: but I haven't watched it. But yeah, Amy, get that down. Cause maybe
0: that's
1: next. uh, it.
0: (laughs) It was so good. It was really random. I just saw it and I watched it, but it's awesome. It was phenomenal, honestly. Like I really enjoyed it. Besides the fact that when I watch or listen to something in a different accent, I start thinking and talking to my dog in that accent. So, I yeah, can't. I've been in Aussie for the past week. But basically, they, they really give you, like, dating strategies because um, Matthew Hussey, who is considered the world's leading dating advice expert for women, um, mm-hmm. I just really recommend watching it for anyone single or even already coupled because it teaches really awesome tools to use to be more engaging and connect with other people. But what he does is kind of what it feels like what you guys probably do for people, and being an objective point of view, being like, "But you do this," and I mean, you don't get to watch their dates on live camera, (laughs) but maybe you should look into that. (laughs) But um, we'd have them
2: sign a waiver.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do you ladies find to be where we women generally get stuck the most? is there something that you can pinpoint or it's just so different for every woman?
2: Um, my major reaction is, is fear of rejection. Mm. Would
1: you agree, Amy? I was going to say worthiness, which I think is tied up together. So that somewhere along the lines, you got the message that you were not worthy of love just as you are, that you had to change something. You had to, get some skills, you know, like think about the things that we get taught as women that makes us ready to find someone, right? We have to be, we have to be a certain weight, you know, there's also a lot of messages like, you know, institutionalized beauty of what skin color, hair color, eye color we're supposed to have. And then on top of that, we're supposed to be really good cooks, um, keep a really good house, really maternal, really love to give blowjobs, um, I mean, Like they uh, say, we have to talk
2: about sex because you're supposed to be really good at sex.
1: Right, but never really show that right. outside. Like, we're still getting those same messages. So there's a list. So when, as we're growing up as women, we're getting messages somewhere. So if you're, whether it's you're watching, you know, somebody in your family getting married and you're like, okay, she got married. So your brain is like figuring out, like, how do you do this? Or if you're watching how to lose a guy in 10 days, which Jen and I just reviewed and you're like, okay, these are the checkpoints of what I have to do, you know, and, and you just get, we get the message that we're not good enough as we are. And because of that, we put up a shield and a front to try to get a guy instead of presenting ourselves as we are and finding the guy who's going to love us just as we are.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I would say, yeah. So, what it what was different for you, ladies, when you found your person versus all of the other guys that you've dated in the past?
2: I'm trying to think. What do you mean? What was different? Like, what did I feel that was different, or how did I go about the process differently?
0: Hmm. that's a good question on the question. Uh... <laughs> My answer
2: is different for both. So,
0: oh well, why don't we explore
2: both? I think how I felt, um and obviously, so so one thing I want to say before I answer this is when you end up with someone, when you're, you know, you marry someone or you're in a long-term relationship with someone, the origin of that relationship becomes this, like rewritten story in your mind where like, Obviously I'm going to talk about it and it's going to sound like so fantastic, but let's not forget that dating can be very like stressful and (laughs) overwhelming at times. But what I remember that, that distinguished my experience when dating my now husband is I was so excited to see him every time, like just sheer excitement. Um, coupled with the nerves, because excitement and nerves are like tied together. um, But also just knowing that he was fully sort of accepting and, and open to who I was. And I had not felt that so um, clearly before where I felt like when he was asking me questions on the dates, he genuinely was interested in the answers. Um, he would remember them like three or four dates later where, you know, frankly, when you're dating a lot of people that can be challenging. So it felt like he was 100% there on the date and like really taking in what I had to say. Um, and, it made me more purposeful on every date too. So there was a, there was a reciprocation where I was like, Oh dang, he's bringing his a game. I need to bring my a game too. And I liked that. It was a, it was kind of a, you know, I've never had this experience before. I know I need to bring my best stuff for, for like my dates with you. I can't phone this in. Do you know what I mean? Where you've like been out with someone and you're like, yeah, yeah, this guy's cool. Like, I'll give this a couple dates. We'll see how this goes. It was not like that with him. It felt like he was 100% there with me. There were no other distractions. And so that felt very different. Um, And then my process dating um, when I was dating him was, was frankly a lot of the things that we coach our students to do or our our clients, um, which is, you know, to kind of think intentionally about what what emotions are coming up for you when you're going on these dates, and to not be um, how do how do I put this? Like, I made sure that I didn't close the door on other opportunities to still be meeting people and to still be living my life while dating him. Um, I didn't. I didn't stop making plans with my friends. I didn't stop like planning trips for my future. Um, I didn't stop seeing other men because I knew that I also have to take care of myself and I need to keep living my life and that I was not going to live for a potential mate or guy that I had gone on three dates with. I was living for myself and I was enjoying my time with him, but I also needed to, to do for me. And that was, that was a huge shift that I went through um, at the time when I met him.
0: Mm, those are both really good. Thank you. What about you, Amy?
1: So I think, well, we got, when we're growing up, right? So when we're in high school, we don't date. We like have a boyfriend or we don't have a boyfriend, right? And then it's kind of the same, at least last I checked in college as well. So for me... Like I said, this whole last my whole last stint of dating, I would call it. It's my final run, right? <laughs> and and that's what it is. the last time that was ever, you know, if all goes well, it's the last time that will ever happen in my entire life. I really like embraced dating that last time around and, you know, enjoyed it and saw it as like ways to meet cool people and try myself on with them and see how it works and see how it fits and everything. You know, similar. We're gonna sound a little bit similar because we did similar things. Right. Um, and what's, I guess made when you do that, then you don't have this idea that like, Oh, I better lock it down with this one person. Cause I've got nothing else going on. It really gives you that ease of figuring out who is, who's the right person for you. Right. Because you have other options and means to other options. So like, if I got too hung up on a person, then I would like message, like, like 10 more people, because I was like, I don't want to, I'm not, I refused at that point to put all my eggs in one basket. I wasn't going to do that. So what made my now husband stand out of Mount, like above the other, that at some point I was like, okay, I'm going to move forward with him and stop the other dating was probably, I think almost the same answer. It was that I was me and he was, understanding of and loving uh, loving who I was. And I didn't have to pretend I was someone else. And he was his own person and and we weren't lockstep in the same people, but like uh, his like quirks and, and habits and things that he was, or things he was into that like I was totally not into, I thought were adorable. And I was like, oh, tell me about it. And I learned from him, like we didn't have all the same. We had some overlaps, you know, some of those moments where we're like you, yeah, me too, we had, like that kind of happening. But whenever I would bring something up that wasn't he didn't know about, it, he would ask more questions about it because he wanted to learn more for me. There was just an, an open reciprocation, which is like what you want in like every relationship that you have. Right. So that was where and, and there was an ease to it where I like knew that around him, I could just be myself. You know, if you're going to end up being with this person, you want to be able to come home and just be yourself with this person. Like you don't want to come home and have to pretend that you're somebody else around him.
0: Yeah. Fair. That makes sense. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for sharing. So actually, I guess you kind of answered this question, but one of my questions is how do you feel about boundaries once having found somebody you're excited to pursue? So how do you create those, I guess, essentially, because you are so excited. I mean, you pretty much hit on it in that you just keep living and you make sure that to include everybody else in your lifestyle and your schedule. Um, is there anything else?
1: Yeah, I think one of the, I think one of the the pitfalls that women fall into is, and this is where you also get the frustration when you're like dating and then not dating. It's like, they allow the dating process. So even if they're not in a relationship, just the process in and of itself to like take over everything. Like then they're like, there are no boundaries with how how they, when they're swiping, when they're looking at the app, when they're setting up dates. Because if you're like, if you have that scarcity mindset that like, I gotta find someone, I gotta find someone fast, or there aren't that many good guys out here, he's kind of good, so I gotta lock that down because he seems pretty okay. So I'm gonna like throw everything else to the side to like make this work if you do that, there's, there's, first of all, you can't maintain that kind of energy. And secondly, you're not really letting him into understanding your life. So like when that's when you get people who come out of relationships and they're like, there I am. Oh my God. Hi me. Where have you been? Like, it's because you've been pretending to be somebody else and leave letting go of a lot of who you are to make that relationship work. And you shouldn't do that at all. Like, Yes, there are compromises in relationships, but like I am who I am. You know, I I'm a little outspoken. I'm like a little rough around the edges. I'm not like, you know, this sweet, demure kind of kind of person. And my husband loves that about me. So I don't have to like hide those things for him. And if I had to hide those things, guess what? Whoever I'm hiding them for is not the right person. So you want to bring all of you into this relationship. And that might mean like, Hey, I can only see you a couple of times because I've got stuff to do. And if he's like, you're not devoting enough time to me. And it's like three dates in, then he's probably not the right person for you. Right. Because you have a full and exciting life that you want to continue living.
2: Yeah. The the question made me think about, I don't know that this has happened to me now. I'm in my late thirties, but I remember being in my twenties and having friends that like, once they got into a relationship, you didn't see them anymore. And, you know, it's kind of that mentality of like, that is what we do not want our clients to experience because you are a full person without that relationship. And we don't want you to get into a relationship and sort of reject or abandon or forget about all of the things that made you such an interesting person or such a full person prior to that relationship. Um, in part because you were amazing before, but also the things that made up who you are is what he fell in love with. So when you start to reject or abandon those things, you're losing part of what made you so wonderful
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and allowing kind of the the man to like, you know, control possibly not even intentionally, your life. um and and I think, I don't know if everyone has had friends like that, but I think women have sometimes fallen into that trap.
1: Yes. Um,
2: and I think we're trying as, as a collective, you know, group to not do that as much. I hear a lot of talk about we're not doing that anymore. And I love that. Um, I, I don't know if that's because of the age I am, or if that's like just generally 2020, we're not doing that anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I, from my take on it, I think you're right. Um, I mean, I I'm guilty of being in one of those relationships only a couple years ago, but I did still see my friends, but like they he was around a lot for that. <laughs> um, definitely not proud of of that experience, but it was one that I think everyone needs to experience. Or I mean, it, it was good because it really opens your eyes to what not to do and what you don't want to do
1: moving forward. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you, there's not a hard answer. Like when you, when you look at any two relationships from the outside, someone could be doing something and their motivation behind it can be totally different than what somebody else's motivation. So like, I mean, I'm like, "Ooh, tell us about this guy (laughs) and what happened. I want to know more. Um, But like him being around is not so much, or you spending a lot of time with him is not as much of the issue as if why why is that happening is that happening because you are feeling like you need to be there in order for him to stay around or you think that this is what this is supposed to look like like what is going on underneath and then is that something that like you would want to keep or is it something that you're looking back and you're saying no i think that that there was other stuff that i need to let go of right so it's not necessarily what we're seeing it's what's happening underneath it
0: yeah no that makes sense because it was really just because they just kept coming around and I enjoyed their company. And I was like, sure. You know, and I didn't really know how to say no, I'm going to be alone tonight, you know? So it was really just, I had to create, I had to put up the boundaries and I wasn't, and I was just allowing it. And then everything else that I was doing was being kind of put aside for him. And it was so sad, because I never thought I would be that kind of person, you know, and and then it just happened because, um whether it was intentional or not, you know, I wasn't controlling the situation, and I was just letting it happen, and I was just like okaying everything,
1: yeah, and that's some of that stuff that we're taught, right? So like isn't this supposed to be a good thing? He wants to be around yeah. all the time like. Like, oh, and if I say no to him, is, that, is he going to feel rejected, right? We're so empathetic and we're so like, oh, I don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers or like say anything, you know, so we kind of just allow stuff to happen and and we lose our voice in the yes. process, right? So I think that that's, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in quarantine with my husband and I'm still like, I need some time, you know, like go to, I, you can't leave, but go to the other end of the house. I'll see you like, I'll see you in a couple of hours, right? So yeah, that space to kind of breathe and tap back into who you are, and there's so many relationships that, that you know, years and years of marriage. I do some couples therapy also, where like, like people are refinding out who they are, um, fifteen years into marriage, like really deep in. They're like, well, I lost myself somewhere along the way, you know. So trying to be more conscious of holding on to that um, is really important because at some point you're going to want to be her again. You're going to want to find her again, you know? And then you start wondering like where, why she was gone. It just causes ripples. So just, you know, don't, don't ever let her go again.
2: Keep well, on and it. it's hard to, if you get into a relationship and you, and you lose part of yourself or like put part of yourself on the back burner, it's really hard to later introduce her to the guy. Like, oh, by the way, this this has been part of me all along. You just didn't meet her for like no.
1: a year and a half. So, you know, that
2: becomes challenging.
1: Yeah, he didn't sign up for that. Really, it's it's like as if he came on and you thought he was one type of person and then all of a sudden he did threw a curveball and was like, No, actually, this is all this is really me. We'd be pissed off if he did that to us. So, like, when we we but we do that, like in the beginning of relationships, we've been taught to do that. We don't do that anymore, and that's what we coach not to do. But when you, you know, adapt and become a chameleon for the guy to get him, right? Because you get some sort of fuzzy feeling and you're like, ooh, I need to have him. And then you're like, okay, who do I need to be to get him? At some point, I love that Jen called it shiny ball syndrome. Sorry, (laughs) it made me giggle. But like that shiny object is going to fade. And like if you're not intact and complete when it does, you're going to be unhappy.
0: Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And I, I, I watched my friend, her boyfriend, um, came into the relationship and didn't play video games. And then all of a sudden, mm. he was like a big gamer in quarantine. And she's like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs>
1: no. She's
2: like, this is not the guy I remember when we started
1: dating. Yeah. So I guess it goes both ways. Yeah. It does. And I will say that that was the other thing that I was thinking of when you asked, like, how, what was different with my, with my husband now is that he doesn't pretend that he's anybody else. Like he just doesn't, he doesn't, I don't think he has that (laughs) muscle to do. Like he just is who he is. And I, it was all laid out in front of me pretty much from, from the beginning. So I think I was able to look at it and be like, okay, do I, is this a good thing? Can I Matt, can I be okay with this? Like you, it's not like everything is like sunshine and roses with Like we're humans. We're like, you know, there are ups and downs. We have scars. There's all this stuff about us, but you kind of decide like, is this something I can grow to love or is this something I can deal with really? If you're going to be with somebody for a long, you do that with your friendships or your business relationships as well. Right. So there was no hiding. He wasn't putting on airs for me.
0: Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I, To pivot the conversation a little bit, I saw you ladies recently did a podcast episode all about how to quiet the anxiety regarding our biological clocks. This is really relative to so many women, especially here on the East Coast, in and around New York City, and potentially in LA LA as well, where we settled down a little bit later. So what were your biggest takeaways from creating that episode?
2: Oh my God, I could talk about this for like four and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: I
0: know I I, I think I'm the
2: poster child of this um so you mentioned that it seems so relevant because you know here we are in the northeast or places like California where people settle down a little later I'm from Oklahoma and I my experience was like you get engaged in college and if you don't there's like a why aren't you getting engaged in college and then you're getting married in your early 20s, sometimes mid-20s. And then it's like a flip of a switch. I hope I did that right. Okay, I always say flip of a switch on our podcast, but sometimes I flip it and I say switch of a flip. <laughs> um, yeah. Within a month or two of getting married, people are like, when, when are you guys having a family? So – The idea of the biological clock is so true for women, I would say probably across the U.S. because I can't can't speak about other countries. I just am not sure. But it's just the age where it happens to sort of kick in is different depending on where you live, depending on possibly like your culture, your religion. So I have heard the when are you having kids for – 13 years of my life. I'm, I'm 37. I'm nine months pregnant. And like, I've been hearing it forever. And it was huge for me in the, in my twenties, I was married and people were asking me like, you know, thank God I did not have kids um, in my first marriage, but it's really a personal issue. And, and there's so much, I think we're getting, again, I kind of said this earlier, we're getting so much better about realizing What topics should be taboo? Um, And I commented on an Instagram post today about, you know, this idea of like asking women when they're going to have children. There are a lot of issues that go into why a woman might not have children. You know, maybe she's not able to. Maybe she's tried and hasn't been successful. Maybe she knows the relationship she's currently in to bring children into that would be dangerous. Um, maybe she doesn't want to have children. May, yes. That was my next one. So, you know, there's, there's so much attached to it. And I think the first thing that, that Amy and I want to do for women out there is let them know that we hear you, that people are saying this to you, um, that, you know, your aunts or your friends or your colleagues or your boss is, is saying this, and that doesn't make it okay and that your feelings are valid if you're sick of hearing it because you want kids, because you don't want kids, or anywhere in between. And yeah. and I think we want to show them that rushing to do that, to have kids, does not necessarily make you happy.
1: Yeah, you. The, the flip side of it is we totally get it. We are all women, so we 100% have been there. You know, the second you're in high school, it's what college are you going to? The second you're in college, it's what major are you getting? The second you get out of college, it's what job are you getting? Then it's where's the guy? Then where's the marriage? Then where are the babies? If you, God forbid, only have one baby, you get <laughs> shunned for not having two. Like there's always some shit, right? There's a, and then when you have enough babies, then they focus on your babies and they start doing the same crap to them that they were doing to you, right? And it's all because nobody knows what to say to each other. That's all that that is, right? But at the same time, like... We, we are on a time clock, like there's a clock, right? Where our, our biological clock, where we have to, if we want to have babies, this is what this is gonna look like. And the reality is, if you're running on that mindset, you have to realize that the person you are picking, if you if you pick abruptly to get this box checked off so people will just shut up or you just get the thing that you want, that person is going to be tied to you for the rest of your life. Like, I can't tell you how many times with Jen's first husband, I was like, thank God you didn't have any kids with him. It was a clean sweep. Okay, see you later. See you never. <laughs> <laughs> so great, so um, we just reviewed The Indian Matchmaker on Netflix a couple of episodes, and this woman said that. She said, she said, see you never. <laughs> was like I just book. started that last night. Um,
0: oh, my God. Oh, it's oh so,
1: it so good. so good. On Friday, our podcast is coming out. For the first two episodes oh, of that, cool. oh, you um, oh, you review it for your show. Yeah, yes. awesome. Yes. So on Tuesdays we do straight coaching, and every Friday we drop a review of a movie or TV show that we're watching, um, and we work our coaching into it. So it's not it's a review as dating coaches, cool. like what messages are being sent, what we're I seeing. Love that. But um, yeah. So when you have that biological clock, first it's acknowledging that it's right. Turn and look at the wave. It's there. And then if you know that running on that motor is not going to serve you, you need to figure out some other solution that works for you to quiet it. Cause what if I don't find the right person until a point where, where it's not going to happen for me as far as babies. So it could be, I, I decide I want to have one when I'm single, right? I want to have a baby then it's, it's, Some women are freezing their eggs. Some women are open to adoption. You have to find something that that you can find peace with to quiet that that ticking in order to really sit in and be calm in this process so you know that you are making a decision that's not based on on that. Mm. You just have to.
0: This is a... Pretty random question, but not really, I guess. Do you guys have a specific age that you would suggest freezing your eggs in the case that you didn't find somebody at an early age?
2: That's a great question. To be honest, having, having gone through a fertility process, it is not really based on age. It's very much based on kind of you know, your, your ovaries. Um, so I wouldn't put an age to it. Um, but I would say if it's something that a woman is, is, is looking into, it's definitely worth the consultation. Um, and just kind of finding out like, what are my options they're, the The process is really interesting and they're very upfront with you about, you know, your, your age and, and the age of your ovaries and, and those kinds of things. And they are so empathetic and, and like you walk in and you feel cared for from the beginning. So I would say I, I wouldn't put an age on it just cause I don't know that I'm an, an expert, but there are people who can be very helpful and supportive in that process.
1: Yeah. The, I think that again, like we're not medical professionals to specifically say, but the, the age is again, when you get quiet with yourself and figure out what are the things that are making me rush through this process or making me have anxiety attached or stress attached to this process, if that comes up for you, then that's a consultation that you, that's a, that's a question you want answered. So you want to know that then, then go and seek out those answers for yourself. That's what we mean by being open to like, what is getting in the way of me just kind of being like, cool, I'm dating. And like, this might be fun and like let's see what's out there. When it when it feels stress driven, the biological clock is a main one. The annoyance of the noise that you hear from your family and your coworkers is another. And like I said before, they just don't know what else to say. They really like it's just it's almost like you want to like if you could turn it around and you're just like, oh, <laughs> and you can like you'd be like, I'm doing great. You know, thanks, thanks for checking in. Like kind of like you don't know what to say to me. You know, like, that's basically what's happening. That's, and I fall in that too. Like I see a cousin who's, who's in high school, who I don't, I'm not very close to him. I haven't seen him in a while. what's the first thing that's going to come out of my mouth? Well, are you thinking of, at least I wheel it back that I'm like, are you thinking about going to college or what are your plans afterwards? Like I open it up a little bit, but I don't know what else to ask them either. <laughs> you know, like, it's just what happens when people don't know what to say. Yeah. So they don't know something like our parents and our aunts and our aunts friends, They don't have some secret sauce that they understand what happiness is for you at all. You are the only person that has that secret sauce. And if that is staying single or never having babies or only having one or whatever it is, that that's your journey. Nobody's in your like mind and body and soul to know what's right for you. So all that advice is just noise.
0: Yeah. What do you guys recommend to your clients about dating in this time during the pandemic?
1: we actually just have another, um, podcast where we kind of go over it, but like really in a nutshell, um, we've actually found with some of our clients that the process of video dating right beforehand has brought us back to like kind of this courtship, um, process as opposed to just like, rushing through it where you're really deciding like do I want to be in person with this person am I going to take the risk of going near this person like what what do I feel and if you're and that's true on the other side too so what we've gotten feedback from is that the guys who are like I just want to have sex come and meet me right now they're still there and you'll know them right away because they're going to be like let's meet up right away and you're just like oh no what you know like they're going to let you know like that they don't care about COVID or any like sort of illness. And then the guys who are really willing to put in the work are also there. All the ambivalent guys or most of the ambivalent guys are like, I don't know what I want. If I want something or I don't want something, they're not putting in the effort at this time because it does take more work to get there. So our experience has been that it's actually, it's probably a really good time to get out there and see what's out there and give it a chance to see who's still like in it for the, the long haul.
2: Yeah, I I, I was going to echo that. I think it's also a really good time to do the inner work of like, okay, um, I just recently ended a relationship or I've been single for a few months. What do I want? And and kind of, you know, getting, getting clear with yourself. Um, we're spending a lot of time on our own couches and in our own homes and apartments. So might as well you know, spend, spend the time doing that. And and that for us is where the whole process should begin anyway. So very much, um, you know, not necessarily shutting down the, the dating situation in your mind or in your heart, but, but coming at it from a place of purpose and intention.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. And if you're in the space where you like are feeling like, no, I'm not going to date right now, that's a perfect time. Like Jen said, to do that inner work, because after you do it, you are more ready. You just are because you've done, we we feel not ready. And then we get, instead of doing the work, we just become numb to the unreadiness. And we're like, okay, I guess I can go back out there now, but we don't actually figure out what we need to bring with us the next time going out there.
0: Yeah. I love it. So we're going to do a quick pivot. Thank you so much for all of that. That was awesome advice and feedback and suggestions. Um, what are some examples of activities that you ladies do to enhance your well being?
2: Ooh, love this.
0: Um
2: I so Amy just sent me this meditation um that I have been doing every day. So thank you very much, Amy. And I feel so good after I do it. I have always been someone who's a little like skeptical or nervous about meditation. Because I think I've tried it a couple times. And if all, like I was the person that was trying it and was like, I'm not good at this. So I would quit doing it. Um, for whatever reason, this one's working for me. Because I think it's more of the... It's like the ones where you go through the story. And you're like imagining yourself going through the story. And that's very much working for me. Um, <laughs> probably the, the English teacher part of me. And so I'm doing that. Um, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. And I find I get really in with myself when I do that. Um, and cooking, those are, those are my things.
1: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Your things are not my (laughs) things. I I think, well, I do like to read, I think it's a little, and when I can do it, it's great. But, um, for me, it's, um, a morning walk is super, super important. And like cleansing for me, especially just to like get out of the house when like it seems like most people are sleeping so it doesn't feel like crowded and I can walk. Um, and I usually, I, it depends on what mood I'm in, but I'm usually listening either to some music that's really pumping me up or something that's making me laugh. Occasionally something peaceful also will come. I kind of wave in and out like sometimes the peacefulness I need. And sometimes I just need to kind of like giggle and not think about anything too heavy. Um, so that walk is probably the most important for me. Um, And I've been going to like the pool a lot this summer and like the jumping in and just being in that cold water is just awesome. Like I feel like I can spend all day there. I get really, really present with my kids there because we're in the water and my phone's not on me and I can just kind of hang out with them and be with them. So that really lends itself to like putting away the phone and really being present with whoever's in front of me. That, That works anywhere, but it's been really – I've been noticing it in the pool most of all.
2: You made me think of one that I haven't been able to do in a really long time, but it's probably my number one. What is it? Running.
1: Yes. Mm. Oh, and then I just thought of one more. So I, this is a really good one for people who – because I – like a um, an energy. Like I – it's very – the whole meditation thing like is hard for me, which is also why I was like let's just – let's do this anyway because I, I – my disposition is, is anxious. Right. So like, I, I want to like move and not be thinking. And that's where like, sometimes walking and listening to meditation is okay for me, but paint by numbers, the adult paint by numbers. Let me just tell, I mean, like telling everybody who will listen, like, and they look like pieces of art afterwards, but like you I'm I don't have a screen in front of me because all my therapy is done right now, teletherapy. So I'm staring at the screen all day. So I have no screen in front of me. I can still like, have a conversation with my children with whatever they're talking about. There could be music playing or whatever. So there's something else going on, but I'm like focusing on this. And I know at the end, there's going to be this like beautiful piece of art that like I kind of created, (laughs) you know, so I love it. It's like, you have to really focus because it's tiny little spaces. So for those of you have idle hands and are looking for something, the paint by numbers are, are pretty, pretty rock solid.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. I find it important to, to be, I mean, I do mandalas, which are similar. You're just like creating it from scratch. Yep. Um, yeah. and it's so helpful in just quieting your mind and, you know, because your mind just starts moving at the pace that your hand is moving and you're trying to be, I don't know what's the word. <laughs> you're just,
1: you're present. You're just uh,
2: the experience. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you're just moving slowly because you're trying to be precise and, yeah. and so your mind just kind of starts working that way too. It's like
2: jigsaw puzzles. I get that from jigsaw yeah. puzzles.
0: Ooh, what's an example of a jigsaw puzzle?
1: Like um, like the the actual like, like little with the oh, little puzzle. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's what Oklahoma. You guys don't them jigsaw puzzles. I've heard of them called jigsaw puzzles, but I'm I'm just joking <laughs>
0: with you. I've heard of jigsaw puzzles, but I'm like, is that different than just a puzzle? <laughs>
1: just <laughs> okay. <It's> a puzzle <laughs> got it <laughs> and it's interesting when you find out because I explain this to people too that I work with that something that's calming for one person is totally anxiety provoking like the adult coloring books for me are sometimes they cause me anxiety because I need to finish it so that it's Pretty. like because if I lose my crayons or my markers and I don't know what color I use then it's not, it's not you know it's not formed. It's not the right way. Right. It's not symmetric. It's the word that I'm looking for, but that's why the paint by numbers, like I have the right amount of paints. I know what number every, you know, and if I walk away and come back, I'll still know where I left off so I can leave it. So it's so interesting. Some things are calming for one person and just not.
0: Yeah. Somewhere. I don't think puzzles or jigsaw puzzles are very calming for me to be honest. I'm like, I don't know where this goes. I'm really really frustrated. <laughs> this little fucker can't find its pieces. <laughs> I love it. Is there a daily or weekly habit that you have that's a non-negotiable in your lifestyle? Sometimes those answers are the same as the other one, but
2: probably reading. Like it feels like it wasn't a day if I didn't get even, even just five, ten minutes to read.
1: My my weekly is definitely the walk. Um but my daily actually we've talked about this Jen and I but really like I have to shower every single day. <laughs> so when also when you have like and like I have to wash my hair. Like some people can go for a really long time not washing their hair and I it's not even like I'm going to do it afterwards. It's my hair needs to know that it's been washed. I don't know or else I'm cranky. I'm actually cranky. And I feel like when I have, like I said, I have two kids. So like your space to do anything for yourself dwindles quite a bit. So just that shower is like enough for me to go on. Oh, and a cup of coffee, I guess, is a non-negotiable I
2: I laughed because it, you're like, we've talked about this before. It makes it sound like I never shower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm, I'm just saying like there, Jen. I mean, it's just one of these things because Jen's hair looks beautiful for like multiple and I know that so many women have different like textures of hair that like, can go longer. And I, I don't know. I don't feel good if I don't. And Jen's showering. Yeah. Just yeah a, well and
2: why listeners, I promise I
1: shower <laughs> a
2: regular amount. I just don't have to wash my hair. <laughs>
1: Just the right
0: amount of showers. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I skip a day, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but I'm also solo, you know, I'm over here and it's like not really affecting anybody else. <laughs>
1: it's not for them, it's for me. So like I'll I'll do I'll wear PJs, shower and put back on PJs. Like it's not for anybody except that like somewhere during the day I'll be like, I don't feel well. I'm feeling really on edge, and it's like you haven't showered yet. And I'm like, oh. That's fine. <laughs> I, I literally hate the shower. Like, I hate it. Uh, it's I'm,
0: I'm
2: like a child. Like, you have to motivate me to shower. <laughs> I shower. I promise people. But,
1: like, I just... Jen is also like this, can I reveal a little, but Jen is also like this with the bathroom. So she'll hold, well, a little bit less now that she's pregnant, but like, I'll be like, when we used to work together, she'd be like, like in the same place. Like now we work together, but separate. So I don't see it as much, but she'd be like rocking next to me. And I'd be like, go to the bathroom. (laughs) I can relate. Like sometimes you just don't want to get up and go. (laughs) Right. Well, yes. I mean, right. So a good tip is put it on your list. Mm. Because then you want to cross it off your list. So if, if go to the bathroom is on your list, then it becomes less of a yeah, pain Or to drink
0: more water when you work don't work. have a choice. You have to go.
1: <laughs> that
2: is such yes. good advice for someone like me who loves to check things off a to-do list. Who makes, who makes, like, make a list the first thing on the to-do list so you can check them. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I write things I've already yeah. done. And I love yeah. it off. It. Like, did that. <laughs> I love-
0: Look how I got it. Did that, did that, did that. That's hilarious. I love that. Um, that's great. So, what is it that helps you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago?
2: This is a great question. I know. am trying to think of myself. <laughs> I'm
1: like, where was I five years ago? I don't know. That was like ancient. Um what wasn't in my toolbox five years ago? I wasn't painting my numbers five years yeah. ago. Um, I
2: yeah, like you're 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 being specific, but I was thinking more generally. Like I I definitely feel myself taking time to like notice when I'm feeling stressed and anxious, and be like, what is this about? You know what do I need to do right now to kind of calm that? And I I did not know how to do that five years ago. Um, I, I'll be honest, I actually think chatting with Amy more b- makes me more conscious of that because I'm not. I was gonna say that, Jen, but I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna sound no, so. No, really, I really do. And I've had people say to me like, you sound like Amy. Like, like I'll be like. Well, why don't you just take a deep breath and like think about? It. And they're like, you sound like Amy. Oh. <laughs> I'm like,
1: I'll be like, don't <laughs> therapize me. Knock it off. Yeah, like I think five years ago, I was still at the high school. Yeah. So I just didn't. I was working there and had two kids. So I just it wasn't that I wasn't using certain tools. I literally ha- was working on a on a schedule and in a situation that just was not working for me. Um, so everything, that's where I mean, like the the shower means so much, like every little thing that I got, I had to just like embrace and hold on to because there just wasn't enough of enough time or enough me to like go everywhere I was needed. It just wasn't, I wasn't balanced. So I definitely feel that nowadays I can say this isn't, this doesn't, this will throw me off balance. I'm not, I'm not going to take this on, you know. I'm able to kind of walk from that. Mm. Oh, that's
0: big, awesome. Lastly, ladies, is there anything you wish we spoke about? Something I didn't ask, or something intuitive that you would like to share?
2: I don't know. Oh, there's questions where I wish I'd like turnkeyed and asked you. (laughs) Can I? But I was like, I don't want to mess up the format.
0: Oh
1: no, no, no. Well. Where can we find you ladies and how can we support you? So we have a podcast also, and I'm like, we're going to pick your brain at some point and have you on with Aww. us. Um, so dot, 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 <laughs> something's going to happen. <laughs> just wait. But we have a podcast that's called successful single and not willing to settle the podcast. Um, so you can find us there. We're, we're on iTunes and Spotify for, for our Android loving family people. Um, and if any of the things that we said were interesting to you, you can find any of our programs or you can always reach out to us, you know, over Insta, we're at Successful Single Female. um, and our programs are on our website, which is www.successfulsinglefemale.com.
2: Nice work.
1: Easy enough. Awesome. Yeah, and that's where you'll find like we have the less expensive like inner work stuff. There's something for everyone. But if you just want to hang out with us, like do that. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're we're here. Like, and and I love uh, the other thing I want to say is that we welcome the yeah buts. So like, if there's anything we said today and you were like, okay, Amy, yeah, but you know, yeah, but my situation is, bring it, <laughs> bring it to us. We want to hear where what's going on in your head, you know, and and where you feel like we maybe faltered we are we are very very happy to apologize and backstep if we ever do something that that you know someone shines light and we're also very happy to help people when they're stuck in their own mind open it up and get what they want stop getting in their own way so um so we're here to chat
0: i love that jen any last words
2: Amy said it all. I mean, thank you for having us. Those are my, those are my last words.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, this was really great. Yeah, this was awesome. You guys nailed everything on the head that I needed to know. And it's funny coming into these things because it's like, I'm just going to find out what I need and hopefully <laughs> that's what other people need.
1: <laughs> so that was perfect. We are, we are nothing, if not really good at talking, because <laughs> we, like hop on, we do reviews and we're like, okay, we can't we'll probably talk about this for 20 minutes and like an hour and a half later we're still jibber-jabbing so like we know to like that we we're not we're not quiet yeah I hope we didn't talk too much no this was perfect never too much on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for bringing us on here and introducing us to your tribe of
0: course my pleasure I can't wait to hear your reviews on all these shows and also definitely check out the single wives okay we will. So good.
1: And we and we'll message you when we review that yes. if that actually comes to fruition. Also we'll let you know when that happens. Perfect. Thank Bye. you so much. Thank
0: you. Bye. Bye. Welp, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you again as always for listening, tuning in, providing me with your time, your attention, your ears. Thank you again, Jen and Amy, for a phenomenal conversation that genuinely made me feel even more at peace when editing this conversation. You two are brilliant and the team you have going on over there is pretty damn magical if you ask me. I want to briefly mention how the universe will have your back when you decide on what's next, and I want to make sure that everybody who tunes into this show never quits their daydream. I've felt nothing but supported by the universe, as well as my support system, every time I commit to what's next. I feel like a lot of it has to do with our confidence in ourselves because of the decision that we make and how excited we are about it, so... For me, that's something that I'm always trying to pay attention to as I make my next decisions. But I feel like this time in life, more than ever, I'm feeling the support. And I just wanted to thank you for listening and thank you for being there. I just feel like if you're listening to this, you're a part of the support system. And likewise, I would like to be there for you. So please reach out if there's ever something you want to talk about and maybe need a little nudge when feeling stuck. I love helping people find the courage to take that leap. You know where to find me. On Instagram at spiritually nutritious or wellandy at gmail.com. Feel free to check out and take a look at my brand new Instagram for my real estate career. It's at Seize the Day. That's S-E-A-S, a fun little play on words, since some by the beach. So that's about it. Thank you so much again. I love you. I appreciate you. And, uh... Ta-ta for now.